Hello, and thanks for listening to another episode. We have a special guest today. It is Coach Keisha. Coach Keisha was born and raised in Elizabeth, New Jersey. She attended the Elizabeth Public School System, where she started in leadership and later went on to Montclair State University, where she continued in peer leadership counseling, also serving as a resident assistant. Her passion has always been providing support to those in crisis or needing assistance with important life decisions. Currently a self-love and self-care coach, she provides motivation, support, and encouragement to men, women, and adolescents. She also provides workplace training, specializing in professionalism, email etiquette, and dressing for success. This is a great episode, therapeutic. This is good for the soul. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Love is Black podcast. With a host of fly. The love is dope. And the conversation's always 100. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Love is Black podcast. I'm Carice. I'm Harvey, still. Hey. And we are so excited because we have a phenomenal guest with us today. We've got Lakeisha. Lakeisha, can you introduce yourself to our lovely audience? Hi, guys. I'm Coach Keisha. Um, I have my own group called Coach Keisha Speaks and Love, Hugs, and Realness. And what I do is I give you a truthful approach to life with a loving background behind it. We say everything in love, not in hate. I like that. I like that. I think the best way to start is, I mean, we talked before we recorded this, and I liked your intro. I like how you start every one of your videos. So give us a quick intro. How did you decide? How did you come up with Love Hugs and Realness? And just tell okay. us. Okay. So um, a lot of times I'm very honest and forthright uh, when I'm approaching issues. And so when I say things, it comes across as very straightforward. But those who know me and know me very well know that I don't mean it in a negative or a mean way. I want our people to win. So I give you love and realness with a hug. So it comes across, I guess, like tough love. So you give the tough love, the realness, the things that people don't want to say that they try to sugarcoat, but you say it in a loving way. And you can even hug afterwards. Like it wasn't meant to be anything aggressive. It was just meant to just give you that push that you need to get yourself forward or to talk about the real issues and not dance around it. So I always started with giving you love, hugs, and realness because the the hugs need to gel that together. I like that. Yes, I, I love like, it. I like that. It it's fantastic. Good. Yeah, because yeah. we all need a little bit of tough love sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. know, everything can't be sugar-coated. We don't grow in that way, right? Right. Right. Well, you are a life coach and um, you do a lot of work with self-love and, you know, I guess just overcoming personal traumas and so forth. Is there any sort of recommendations you would give that you would think that somebody who is single could benefit from if they're trying to grow and develop their own self-love in their personal journey? Well, self-love means a lot of different things. And so when you have singles, a lot of times their desire is to meet other singles and eventually become a couple. And so part of self-care is also knowing what you want and knowing what you don't want. So I always talk to people about understanding what a red flag is versus a non-negotiable. 
because a lot of people who haven't been necessarily married think that every little thing is a reason to break up or every little thing is a, a reason for it not to work out. You can talk yourself out of a great relationship. There's a difference between something that needs to be talked about versus something that's completely off the table. And so when I'm talking to a lot of singles, I just want them to understand, okay, when you're going into the dating world, you have to be clear on what's a red flag for you. You have to be clear on what's a non-negotiable for you. And that will help the dating scene be a little easier for you instead of walking around aimlessly. Because I hear a lot of people say, you know, I don't know what I want or I'll know it when I see it. No, you'll know it when you experience it. You know, you'll know it when something aligns with your spirit, aligns with your values, aligns with your thought process and things that don't align, don't waste time with it. And so that's where I speak to singles going forward about have it in your mind. Is communication a big thing for you? Is conflict resolution a big thing for you? Because you can communicate, but if you can't solve a problem, what does that mean for you? So that for some, that would be a red flag. And for others, that would be a non-negotiable. So I help them work through that before we work through other dating strategies. Very nice. Okay. How many red flags do you think one needs to have before they, you know, it's time to just, you Why know. did you even look at me when you said that? I, 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 what is that? Like, there was nothing there. It I was just, like a slow I, turn. I'm asking a question. Red flag. Mm. Well, let, let's talk about this. So we all have red flags, right? So every one of us has something that may be a red flag for someone else where they may say, okay, this doesn't work for me, but it may, it may work for someone else. So red flags are different. But I would say if you're looking at a person or you're experiencing a person and they have too many things that make your antennas go up that you may not be able to work through because you can work through a red flag. You can't work through your non-negotiables. So a person, you know, people only do things for two reasons, either because they want to or they can't do any better. And a lot of times when we can't do any better, it's because we haven't been exposed to better. So if I expose this person to something else, can they be better? You know, when I used to manage customer service, they used to tell us that it was a thing between skill versus will. So certain people have a natural skill set and some people have a willingness or an unwillingness to do better or to learn. So a red flag can be a willingness or an unwillingness. And that's what you have to determine for yourself. And that's different for everyone. We can't judge it as opposed to a non-negotiable, uh, such as like maybe just say domestic violence. That's a non-negotiable. You know, that's off the table. Someone who um, may not be financially irresponsible, they may be financially irresponsible. For some, that's a red flag. For others, that's a non-negotiable. So we're not, we're not the ones who determines that. The person determines that. Right. But if you have so many red flags that you have to work on, I would say between three and five, then there would be something to say, okay, maybe not but understanding that we're not working with the lines of perfection none of us is perfect i'm, I'm quite sure i'm a red flag for some people out there too oh, we all got our red flag moments i was right. talking about it in previous episodes but um when harvey and i first got together it was an issue where we we got into a little bit of a you know, i don't even know if it was full-blown argument but i didn't answer the phone when he called and he didn't like that that that's part of like playing games and whatever like i see the phone ringing and i'm intentionally ignoring him like no we gotta work through these things so very <laughs> early on you know kind of set the ground rules and was like hey, this this red flag no no it's not gonna work for me 
So I think that that is a good approach. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good approach. Yeah. And there was communication between the two of you to resolve that. So when someone has good conflict resolution skills, that's a strong strength in a relationship. When someone just brushes something over or they don't speak for a couple of days and then they magically act like nothing's ever happened, that's room for improvement. That should be a red flag for some because little things will turn into big things. You have to be able to feel comfortable enough and vulnerable enough to be honest about how you feel, what you'll tolerate and what you won't tolerate. I love it. That's relationships, that's life. What exactly. Can you, what can you accept? What are you willing to accept and what you want? What it, I think what it is, and just to kind of fill in with that situation, I'm older than her. She had been, the relationship she was in before was a little shady. And I was, in my opinion, she, was, she wasn't dealing with that kind of dude this time. Listen, right. it's young in a relationship. I like you a lot, but I'm not about this. So right. it was really me communicating. Listen, I know you saw me calling you. <laughs> I'm not a makeup to break up kind of dude. For me, I was like, if we break up once, it's, it's a wrap. I'm, I'm in this. She knew from the door I was in it. But stuff like this, I have, I, I have really low tolerance for stuff. Something like I did, it wasn't real communication. It was like me telling her. <laughs> so it's <was> like, <laughs> so it wasn't a conversation. It was, it was the red flag for you that you had to address immediately. Right. So it's nothing wrong with anyone being called to the carpet. You know, sometimes I think I know everything. I don't know everything. So sometimes my man has to say to me, hold up right here. You're the expert at this and I'm the expert at that. Well, oh. Yeah. <laughs> And then you respect it. And that's I respect it. Um, He calls me to the carpet on things that maybe I didn't see as a problem. We don't sometimes know when we have, when we're toxic or we have a toxic trait, Mm. you know, when we can call toxicity out in others, but we can't find it in ourselves Mm. until someone calls us out. But the good news is if you say it in love, the other person can receive it. So that's where the love hugs and realness comes in. See? Because you have to be able to say it in a way that the person receives it. Because it can be true, but if that person doesn't receive it and they rebuke it, it all goes out the window. So you have to be able to tell it to someone not to hurt them, but to help them develop. And I've had some developing moments as well. So that's why I started Coach Keisha Speaks. Right. Um, because when I was going through my separation and my divorce, I spent two years just writing my feelings down. And I went back and read the feelings and I was like, wow, I felt like that. I thought like that. I said that. Self-reflection moment. <laughs> yeah. Do, is that something that you would recommend for others? Uh, keeping journaling, uh, keeping you know notes, just writing and getting things out on paper. It depends on the person's personality. So even though I'm talkative with you guys now, I'm more on the introverted side. So for me, writing things down is therapeutic for me. Rereading what I wrote helps me make sense of my feelings. And I've always treated myself as a personal diary. So I never, well, at one point, I didn't feel comfortable talking about, about my issues to others. So writing things down for me was better. There are people who prefer to talk to others. There are people who prefer to go to a therapist. There are people... Um, who uh, they take up a hobby to try to sort it out in their head. So it depends on everyone's approach. Uh, for me, writing things down was very helpful. 
it helped me identify my mess because I wrote it already. And no matter if it was eight months ago, I wrote that stuff. Yeah, I did. I wrote it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to deal with yourself. And that's a whole different level of honesty when you're able to call yourself out on your own stuff to say, I really thought like that. I really said that. I really did that. Um, and so that's what helped me. That's good. I guess mental health is just something that we've never really dealt with a lot in our community. It's just something no. that's kind of taboo, really quiet. We didn't talk about it, but we've kind of talked with people and it's something that's emerging, something that's really blowing up in our community, just being able to talk to each other about issues. Absolutely. Right. But I really like the fact that you're just talking about dealing with yourself. That might be the single hardest thing to do. It's, oh, it easy, it's easy to kind of throw it at other people. This is what you did, this is what you did. But to kind of sit down with yourself and think and talk and discover and really go through it. I think when, I mean, I guess I imagine you agree after you go through that, you're a much better person and then really ready to be in a relationship with somebody else. Absolutely. When you go through a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, I was with my spouse for 10 years. You go through, um, at, it's just like a death. Um, when you get married, it's a braided cord, you know, the cord of God are wrapped around two people. So it's a three part union. So imagine having a limb and your leg gets cut off or your arm gets cut off. You can live without one arm and you can live without one leg. You can live without two if you needed to, but you have to have that adjustment period to get used to your new normal. You're never going to be the same. So you have to either elevate from that experience or let that victim mentality take over because when relationships end we play the blame game we go through the stages of grief like everybody else it's the seven stages of grief and so you go through denial and anger and bitterness and so when you talk to someone who's freshly out of a relationship you're not going to get all happiness and it's normal you should not expect to see unicorns, rainbows, and butterflies. Yeah. Um, and so when you, when someone says, oh, suck it up and get over it, that's not reality. Sometimes that person just needs silence while you're in the room letting them cry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they need a hug. You know, it's been too long. You need that good friend that's gonna say, I need you to put your makeup on, girl, or homeboy, I need you to put your, get your nice haircut, and we're gonna get back out here and do what we need to do. But you, you need, the right people at every stage of that process, especially someone who's been through it and realistic. Um, we have to deal with ourselves. Some people don't want to deal with us themselves. They want to get a new person. <laughs> That's the solving. The solving is get a new person. And you know, that may work for some too, but long-term it doesn't work because you still have to deal with yourself. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, coming along on a, a similar but a little different train of thought, is there a difference that you would say between the concept of self-love and self-care? Are they one and the same? Can they be intertwined? Is like, how do we differentiate? Yeah, so self-care is the act of honoring yourself, right? It's the act of doing something for yourself. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Some go to the spa, some work out, some read a book, some plant, some journal. It's the act of doing something that brings you peace, that makes you feel better. Self-love is an unconditional type of love, no matter the circumstance. And so I talk to people about that because a lot of people don't love themselves. They put their love 
in the hands of another person. And so when a relationship ends, they have to find themselves again because they put who they are in that person. Uh, we as women, we suffer the most from it because we put our love into our children. We put our love into our spouse. We put our love into what we cook. We put our love into the man that we're attached with. Um, sometimes with men, they put their love into if they're able to provide. But guess what? With this pandemic, some can't provide. So you can't love yourself because there's a pandemic? It doesn't make sense. No. You still should love yourself no matter the circumstance. You are who you say you are. You are, you are the same person you were 10 years ago, five years ago, and today. And the circumstances shouldn't change how you feel about yourself. And so that's the differentiation between self-love and self-care. Self-care is the act, you know. Self-love is the unconditional love that we give to ourselves. So when you deal with men and women, do you find the difference between men being able to self-care versus self-love? Let's just talk about being the guy in here. Give me an idea. When you speak to men, is there a part that you need to work with first? Or is it hard? What's, what's your experience dealing with men? try to build them up? I think men are embracing, talking about mental health. Um, men are embracing what self-care and self-love is. It used to, for men, they would just put it into sports. Their form of self-care is, I'm going to watch sports all day, right? And so with all the sports being canceled, delayed, and put on, now we're talking about what else can you do? What else do you like to do? You know, what, what else brings you peace? What do you really want to do? And be, you'll be surprised. A lot of men do want better communication with their women, but they don't like the reaction they get from their woman when they give, when they talk about what their needs are. So men are taught to bury how they really feel mm. and bury, you know, what they really think in order to create peace. And so that's what brings a lot of um, other issues in the household, resentment, infidelities, things of that nature. So when I'm talking to men, we're, we're first giving them communication skills with their spouse, but first with themselves. What is your issue? And the first thing they say is nothing. 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 You know, why are you so angry? Because the, the lack of being able to communicate starts in anger and agitation. Why are you agitated? Why are you angry? And then they finally peel back. Um, men want to feel respected. So part of the self-care there, when we're talking about negotiables and non-negotiables, is speaking what it is that makes you happy and setting boundary work. Um, boundary work is important, and it's more important for men than it is for women because it's extremely important for men to be respected um, more than anything. Men want to feel respected by their women. They want to feel respected by their children their households, their neighborhoods, and the communities. And when they speak that first, then we get the ball rolling. And I don't know if that makes sense, but no, that's pretty. No, no, it does make sense. And it's just how we men have been brought up. We're very much, we're, we're not really supposed to be the caregivers. In this relationship here, our gender roles are pretty much reversed because I'm home. I'm right. with kids, wife is working. So I like to be respected too. So I just have different things that I like to be respected for. I like to be respected because I'm a good parent. I'm not the breadwinner, but I'm taking care of the kids. So in effect, I'm raising the dough in the house because I'm raising right. the dough. So I want to be respected for that. There's, I mean, we're all, we men are different, but you're right. At our core, we want to feel like men. I just right. feel like what men it means to be men is what's really different now, right? That's the difference. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. I just want you to know that there's no such thing as a, uh, I know we've had particular, you know, gender roles mm -hmm. when we were coming up in our grandparents years, all of our lives have taken a new normal, mm -hmm. right? So we can't get ourselves stuck into this being a specific gender role and this being a particular role. Listen, if you cook better, <laughs> I know in my case, I'm a good cook. He's a great cook. He likes to cook. Listen, be the cook. Nice. If I'm the person that does the cleaning, fine. I'm the one who does the cleaning. If I make more money, I'm not going to make you feel less because you make less. We are a unit. And so there's a new normal that we have to embrace. I know a lot of times in our grandparents' generation, you know, grandma stayed home and there was 10 kids to take care of and they just lived off the land and granddaddy went out and worked. But we can't live off one income anymore. We need two. Sometimes we need three or more. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, with multiple children, it's easier for one parent to stay home rather than pay multiple daycares. And then we, for, we work out other things. And I deal with that as well because well, a lot of times with men, sometimes they do feel that they're not living in this societal norm, what we sell on TV. It's not realistic. You know, a lot of us are living lives that are very uh, abnormal to what you see on TV. And so that's why I like the fact that TV is creating different types of roles so that we see life for what it really is. And we shouldn't feel insecure or any other type of way about it. This is the new normal. Oh, yeah. We're definitely shifting into a whole different space. And I think another thing that comes up in my mind when I think about self-love, um, especially within the Black community, is just a sense of Black pride. I feel like it, along in this new normal, there's more unity within the community amongst ourselves. I feel like we're all very much Wakanda forever. Yeah. Yes. Rest mm, in yes. peace, Chadwick. Yes. Rest in peace. No. That don't even seem right. Don't even seem right. No. Oh wow, that's a that's a touchy one. I, it, it shocked me. I know. Me too. It's sad. It's it's sad. He. I mean. I mean. He was a person, but he was an important person. And just parts that he played represented so much to us. But if you yeah. look at the Black Panther thing, he's just. He, he obviously he was royalty, but he just represented a lot, like the best in us. Mm -hmm. And just completely off the point, what do you think about, I, did you see them? You saw Black Panther, I'm assuming, did you? Yes, I did. Right. I did. Do you think they should stop or you think they should continue with it? Oh, wow. I don't know how I would feel seeing another uh, T'Challa. I don't know how I would feel about that. I mean, it would take an adjustment. I know, you know, I'm a Marvel fan, so I do like comic books and all of that so that that's the weirdness about me i'm 42 and still marvel characters but okay. i don't know how i would feel seeing another t'challa in the comic know. book his sister takes takes over yes. so and so it's so maybe we don't get another man maybe we take this opportunity to make you know to move yeah that we can transition up. it on but um when you think about the avengers and they're bringing all the characters back in and they had some new releases to come out in 2021. I don't know if it's still going to happen. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know how I would adjust to that. I'm just so shocked that he kept his, um, his illness a secret. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but my mother's a, a stage four colon cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. oh. um, yeah, so when I read the story, it hit home only because he's around my age, but also because of what it meant for what, my mom is still here. 
Um, they gave her six months to two years to live, and that was in 2009. She's still here, but it's nothing to take lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Colon cancer, because it's so, your colon is so close to your liver that um, things do spread quickly. Um, early prevention is key. Um, a lot of times in our communities, we don't, and I'm not blaming him because we don't know his lifestyle. It may have been his family history. I know it's certainly in mine, but we have to adjust how we eat, what we grew up with, what we like to have. Um, and we have to take responsibility um, for our health. But for him to have to manage that as quietly as he did, bless him for that. That's a, that's a real brave move. Um, he had a real tight circle that kept that's, his that's big. business to not know that's huge in this day and age that didn't leave at all and not at all not you, at all you have one loose lip cousin that would have saw somebody saying something ridiculous about you know right. photos where he was looking yeah. just a little right. healthy right. um who would have said something but no he got a really good a really fantastic support system right and 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 he he just handled his sickness in complete grace like he yeah. just there was nothing i mean i have this saying that we're going from victim to victorious and he went from not playing a victim ever to right. going out and leaving this world victorious and so that's major that's major that's a beautiful He's, legacy and i think that you know it's another uh, just another thing that is starting to bond the community yes. is that we are just feeling closer and closer to each other um just along those same lines with you know just black love and black empowerment with everything that's going on with current events and you know the climate of today and um everything that's going on i mean we're all pretty yeah. much overwhelmed yeah how yeah. can we a deal with the the impact of what's going on in the community and in the world without becoming overwhelmed by it how can we self-care for our just our mental health because seeing all these visuals of people being murdered in the streets essentially and you know these videos on replay and we're constantly bombarded with this stuff I suggest, and I tell a lot of people, don't watch the news every day. The news isn't going to change. So I limit myself to watching the news twice a week. That's it. Um, if I were, when we first had this COVID-19 and everything was going on in the world and you can't sneeze, you can't cough, you can't do anything, I was overwhelmed. Um, different governors, we had our president, everyone's talking. The TV overwhelmed me. Um, I took a, a, a news break from it all. You know, when you turn the news on, a different person is hanging from a tree. It's not good for us. You know, it's not good for us to be living back like we were in Jim Crow, when people were being hung from trees. And I feel like the deep South has taken all over. So what I tell people is you don't want to overstimulate yourself with too much information. The information is still going to be there. So if for you or for me, it means turning off social media for a while. It means not watching the news for a couple of days to give yourself time to wind that down. It doesn't mean you don't have a two feet into reality. The reality isn't gonna change to take two or three days off. 
And so sometimes that's needed. You need to just decompress and turn that piece off because it's not going to change, um, at least right now. So the news will still be there. The information can still be there. But sometimes turning that off, not engaging in conversations um, that constantly talk about the negative. You have to have a break in the conversation. Um, there are people in our lives who love to bring forth negativity, not, and it, they may not even mean anything bad by it. They just like to bring the news. Some people are addicted to spreading the news. You may, you may have that one person that always sends a text message, a group chat, this article, that article, this is going on, that's going on. Sometimes you have to put the do not disturb on the phone. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like you that. know, sometimes you have to say not today you know, and then you revisit it later. That's better for your mental health. I think that, you know, the way we used to grow up, we, we, we used to entertain a lot of stuff because we had to. Big mama had everybody. Talk to your aunt, talk to your cousin. Oh, the gossiping aunt, the, 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 the troublemaking cousin. We used to have to entertain it all. Mm -hmm. We had no choice. Now you have a choice to say, listen, I don't have to cut you off, but I can put you on pause for a little bit. Right. And it sounds and like you're important for self-care, though, right? Yes. I think just for your just for your sanity. I mean, I, right. right now it feels like this at this time more than ever we really need to love ourselves. We because need. There's a lot of negative. I mean, I'm, I speak as a black man, but I know how I see myself represented, and for pretty much my entire life, if right. I let any bit of that get into my soul, then I really question just my value. I think right. right. So at least when I speak in these things, I need to love myself and recognize the value and my importance to my wife, to my family, my okay. kids, my community, stuff like that. But I feel like right now we need it more than anything else. You absolutely do. Black men are needed. They're important. They're the heads of our household. They're the ones that keep our bloodlines going. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that a lot of times that black men are underappreciated uh, because of what it represents. We have more female entrepreneurs. We have more female breadwinners, a lot of more, you know, a lot more black women are going back and starting their own businesses and going back to school. And so we forget based on the roles that we originally started where men were providers. But not only do you need to provide financially, provision comes in different ways. Your support is provision. You know, so that when we're talking about a new normal, we're talking about new ways to define what marriage is, what relationships mean, what family means. You know, when I used to live in North Carolina, they used to define a family as a, a man and a woman and children. Well, what about if the man or woman were to die and grandma's raising the grandkids? That's still a family, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we have to adjust how we bring that. But black men, black men, you are important. You are needed. Um, you are valued, and all men should feel that way, especially black men. Agreed. Thank you. Definitely true. Definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think that that is something that's important to say. You don't hear that enough. Like, yeah. black men are important. So that's, I just wanted to emphasize that. That was very good. I like that. Yeah. Um, Coach Keisha's speaking. Yes. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So when we are um, just trying to get along in our journey with our self-love and we're trying to just get everything back on track, um, is there any recommendations or certain things that you think people should do 
to continue that motivation to keep that going because sometimes I find that I might start something and it's going good, it's going good, it's going good. And then I kind of lose interest and it falls off. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you keep that motivation? I'm trying to keep going and improve myself and keep going with self-love and self-care. But at some point, I sort of fall off, you know? How do you push through that and stay motivated? You keep it, you make it a part of your routine. So whatever that is for you, you schedule it in as if it's like gym class as if it's like you're going to work, as if you're punching a clock. So if that means that I'll use myself as an example, Sunday mornings, I love to just wake up, drink my coffee in silence and look at my plants. It's the craziest thing on earth. It's the most boring in life, but it brings me peace. Um, so for me, if I wake up a half an hour before everyone in the house, that half an hour is just for me. I don't have to take anyone anywhere. I don't have to be cooking something doing something, reading something, uh, researching anything. It's just time for myself and you have to schedule it in for you the same way you would if you had a recurring um, appointment at work. We make time for work because it's what pays us, but what pays you? Right. So you have to pay yourself. It's just like making a deposit in your 401k. I'm sorry about that, that's the neighbor. But no, it's the same thing. So if you feel that, okay, Let's, I don't know if you like to do your nails, but if you did do that, if that's every two weeks you allot time for yourself and the money for yourself to do something special just for you, that's how you keep it going. That's how it gives you something to look forward to, to say, you know what, Saturday at 11 o'clock, that's all me between 11 and 12. No one's calling me, bothering me, doing anything for me. If your husband says, you know what, um, Saturday morning, nine o'clock between nine and 11, me and my friends are meeting and we're playing basketball in the park and that's just what we're gonna do. Or we're gonna watch whatever college football game is on TV. That's self-care, that's the, that's the time that you're taking for yourself to do whatever it is that you wanna do. You pencil it in. And there's times where you can readjust the schedule depending on what's going on, but we're everything to everybody. So we have to be something to ourselves. And you'll keep that commitment because you'll feel good. It gives you an incentive. I like that. I like that, that a lot. That was, yeah, that's like, I like that. That was a line. That was, that was, that was scripture though, I say. I like that. Yeah, it's commitment. It is. It's commitment. It is. We have to make commitments to ourselves. I, our parents taught us to kill ourselves for 30 years of the job mm. and then wait till we 65 to enjoy life. Right. The kids today, what I admire about them, they're taking their time now. Exactly. Vacation. Whatever they need to do, to, they're taking their time off. They're not going to say, pay me for my vacation until we're at the end of the year. They're taking their vacations right now. They're not killing themselves for a cause. That's self-care. We can learn a lot from today's youth for that reason. They can learn a lot from us, but we can learn that much from them. Our parents and grandparents taught us to work hard and sacrifice everything. You know, you're supposed to die empty emotionally in terms of giving but you don't want to die empty in terms of experience and your mental health and sacrifice so much of yourself that you can't enjoy life. You want to enjoy life. Very true. And mm. we never know what's coming exactly. around. I mean, 2020 right. is the biggest example of that. Yeah. You have no idea. So we just got to appreciate as much as we can right now because we, we're not right. guaranteed. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. Right. Absolutely. Uh, no, agreed. Agreed. <laughs>
All right. So obviously we all in life, we have obstacles. We have things that are thrown in our path to stop us from succeeding. Uh -huh. So give me an example of suggestions you give to people to kind of, you know, get through obstacles. Maybe give us an example of an obstacle you kind of went through and how you handled it. And uh, tell us, what are we going to do? How do we fight through it? How do we not let the little things become big things and fight and we don't fight through? What do you think? Oh, wow. I've had so many obstacles. Um, I can give you an example. I'm talking to some recently released, some parolees this week um, on Thursday. And so I've spoken to them before and we're helping them develop life skills because a lot of them have been locked up five years, 10 years, and they're out here looking for jobs. And they're angry, which is ex understandable because the world isn't embracing them, right? But you happen to have been released when the world is on punishment. So while there's no jobs for everyone else who's been out, right. it makes it even less for you who've been locked up for so many years. They've released a lot of inmates to make rooms in the jails. And so right now we're dealing with people who are uh, working through a lot of adversity. They're working through overcoming a lot. They have their families rushing them to get a job because, you know, you're another mouth to feed. We're already, you know, having a lot going on. And so my biggest thing is taking one step at a time, but first devising a plan, a plan and a skill set. And so a man without a plan is lost. And I don't mean that just for a grown man. I mean that also for a woman. We always have to come up with a plan and then work towards it. So what I'm working with them now in terms of overcoming obstacles is when you have a plan and you're living with your loved ones and caregivers for the moment, you have to give them something real and tangible about what you plan on doing and work on doing it so that you won't mess up those relationships. This is where communication comes in. So over, overcoming obstacles is not a, a one-time thing or a one-piece thing. It happens in steps, you know, and when I'm talking to them, I tell them about me living with my sister. When I was first uh, separated, I lived with my sister. My son and I shared a bed with a 10-year-old. And uh, I had to come up with a real plan. Listen, I'm looking for a job. I had to make it my job to look for a job. Um, I'm looking for a job. How much do you want per month? This is what I can do. I had to have something in place because if she sees me not doing anything, then she feels like she's being taken advantage of. Right. And so you need to let people know how real this is and what you plan on doing so that they see that you're putting the words and the actions behind it. And then you work at the next step. When you finish that step, you go to another step and then another step. And so that's what I call overcoming obstacles is taking the necessary steps to improve your situation. And it's not going to go from A to Z. Sometimes it goes A, B, and then you thought it was going to be C, and it went to F, and then it came back, and we detoured. And so that's what overcoming obstacles is. It's being able to pivot when necessary. You know, the plans may change, and then you may have to change it. You know, and that's the realness that I give to people. I share my story so that they understand this is not some hostility chick that's coming to you telling you some stuff she ain't been through. I'm telling you real deal so that you understand that I too was displaced. I too had to figure it out and have that hard conversation. You know, I don't have no food. I don't have no job. This assignment is only three months. I'm working a temp piece. What else do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, and so they get it. 
they get it because they can relate and it gives them a vision of hope. And so when I work with them, I talk to them about where they are and the necessary steps to take them to where that point Z is for them of where they want to be. I help them create action plans that are tangible, that are realistic. Instead of saying, yeah, I want to come home and I want to have a restaurant or I want to have my own detail shop. Okay, well, before we do that, can you cook? Right. Right. Yeah. Back to basics. Now you got to start. Let's just take work. it all back. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, that's good. You don't want to take away people's ambition. Right. But right. So, right. So if you want to own a restaurant, let's start by being a sous chef. Let's work in a store. Um, what have you done? Have you ever cooked before? Besides just for your family, how do people rate your food? You know, do you want to go into some culinary arts programs, help you find grants to see if some are available? You know, you want to open up a hair shop. Can you do hair? You have to give people plans. Um, and when they start to see milestones, like in a month, I plan on doing this, or in six months, I want to do that, or in a year, and they start to accomplish those little milestones, they feel encouraged to keep going. But if they just make a big plan and nothing happens immediately, then they stop. And that's the biggest thing is to have people who are committed. You have to be committed to what you want to do. And so it's nothing wrong with having the accountability buddy that says, hey, how are you going on that restaurant thing? Have you applied to some restaurants? Have you heard anything back? Did you call back? Mm, following up. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they're like, call back. Yeah, call back. There's a billion people looking for the same job you're looking for. So you're going to have to set yourself apart. You know, this is teaching them life skills. Nothing's going to fall in your lap. You're going to have to be accountable, but you're going to have to be proactive. And so overcoming obstacles is assessing where you are and taking everything step by step. That's where the realness comes in. Yes, yes. I love it. Yeah, because you you got to break down things sometimes. It's not, and it's okay. Everything's right. not as obvious as it may seem. Right. You know, right. the only thing that's obvious is what is like your eventual destination, what you want to do, what right. you right. want. I want that restaurant, but that whole road, that whole process, right, the unknown, and it's hard to jump into the unknown. It is. When you see someone with something that you want, you just think they just got it out of thin air. But it's okay to develop and, and develop relationships with mentors and say, okay, well, what did you do to get that? You know, what was the journey? You'll be surprised at people's journeys. They may have ended up in a place that they never even intended to be. Uh, it may not have been what they originally had as their calling and it worked itself out. So a lot, of, that's what we do. We work with people to help them get over that hump because you'll think well this girl had it easy and she may not have had it easy at all right right there's a lot of um a lot of success that people would think is like overnight or happened really fast but it's stuff that took like years and a lot of right and determination to even Absolutely. get to that point of right. success right right and there's a lot of sacrifice that comes into that you right. know you you have to put sacrifice into it. And so when people just want to be an overnight sensation, that's not reality. And so you have to sometimes tell people that little bit of harshness, like you're going to have to put some work or I haven't seen you put in any work. Mm -hmm. And they're shocked when you tell them that. Right. Because they think no one's looking, but whatever you put into something is what you're going to get out of it. And so when you tell people the truth, they, they again, they have to be able to, you know, digest that. 
but then it also helps the ones who really want it get moving. It puts the light under their feet. I love it. I love that. Wow. Yes. Very Take nice. that to heart. Some you talking. I'm feeling I'm like you're not talking to me, but you're talking to me. I feel right. like this is personal, so I right. feel thank you. No, don't get me wrong. When I talk, like I said, to inmates, mm. a lot of times they don't want to hear that. You know, I lost my family, my girl don't win and she got a you know, a new man. I'm like, you were gone for six years, buddy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happens in six years? Right. Right. You know, um, you're gonna have to start from scratch redeveloping relationships with your children. You can't expect someone to put their life on hold for something you did that you may or may not have caused on yourself. Right. You know, but you're gonna have to deal with where you are right now. I've had grown men cry and then afterwards say, you know what, Keish? That was real and it's okay. You know, we, we get our hearts broken but we have to pick up our pieces. And so it's like, okay, bro, I know that was back in like 2008, but right now let's focus on 2020 and, and get back to where we need to be. Right. right. Don't hold that woman accountable. If you were in her shoes, it would have been the same for you too. Life has to go on. And unfortunately we don't like that, but we have to deal with it. We learn that. And so, that's where the realness comes in. But the hug is there's hope. There's hope. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. We want it to. But if, if it doesn't, there's hope. You know, people don't go into relationships with the intention of it ending. Exactly. But if it ends, you have to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to not be okay for a little bit, but you can't stand in that forever. Yeah. You know? I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think this has been a really good dose of love, hugs, and realness. Yes, thanks. I enjoyed this conversation. I'm enjoying it. All right. Lakeisha, if you will, can you share with us where our uh, listeners can hear more, read more, follow you? Like, what's going on? How can they, you know, keep up? Okay, so I have an Instagram page um, where it's Coach Keisha Speaks. I have uh, YouTube channel, Coach Keisha Speaks, as well as Coach, Coach Keisha Speaks, LLC. I have a Facebook group that I just started called Love, Hugs, and Realness. Oh, okay. um, it's, yes. So what it is, is life topics. It's nothing vulgar of the sort. It's just talking about life issues. Right now, our children are going back to school in our homes. So how are you getting your homes ready to entertain your children and, and be the teachers, at least for the first quarter. So we talk about everything life, you know, whatever's going on in the media, whatever's going on at home, how are you managing stress and anxiety? How are you managing your workload and also the work, you know, of being, you know, a tutor for your kids. And so that's it. Okay. I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Okay. It's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, and then you can also visit my website, which is coachkeishaspeaks.com. Beautiful. That's the big one. Yes, everybody needs to connect with Coach Keisha because we can all use a lot more of the self-love, some self-care, and just a lot of motivational. She's very motivational. I love it. Okay. All right, so one last thing before we complete. We looked on the site and we saw something called the IF movement. The IF movement, yes. Holla. So talk to us about that. Right. So intentional focus is the IF movement. So when I deal with people, 
um, and we work together, we talk about working from the bottom up. So it's the IF. So what if you thought different? So it's about mindset. So there's two types of mindsets. There's a growth mindset and then there's a fixed mindset. So when someone is of a fixed mindset, they believe that, you know, we are just who we are. We were born this way. This is the way that I am. This is the way that my family's always been. This is how I do things. Um, with the growth mindset, we learn how to challenge ourselves to grow, to improve, um, to be the best versions of ourselves. And we start from the bottom up. So when we're talking about, we're talking about relationships, we were talking about being at a low place. And so the if movement is when you're at the bottom, the only way that you can look is up. And so when you look up, what are those infinite possibilities? What can you do? What can you change that'll make your life different? Um, how do you challenge yourself to grow? What hasn't been working for you that you would like to change? And that's what the if movement about is about. It's about working from the bottom up. We're, we're not working from the middle. We're saying, okay, at our core, who are we as people? What do we want as people? And men respond to that the best because, again, when we're talking about um, men wanting to feel respected or men wanting to feel appreciated or men wanting to feel acknowledged, the first part is at the core, what is bothering you? And so we work on that and then we build layers up. And so that's where it comes from. Um, when I'm dealing with adolescents in schools, I, a lot of times, this is crazy. I like to deal with the bullies. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I do. Um, not the people that were bullied, although I can help them as well. But sometimes you got to understand that a bully is a bully because of lack of attention and love. There's something that is inferior that needs to be worked on. And that's where the hug comes in because everybody needs that hug. They need to feel accepted. They need to feel understood. And so if the I is the intentional, the F is the focus. What are we intentionally focusing on to get ourselves better? And that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Like I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's Samantha. That's something to follow. That's a way to live life. I like Thanks. That. Thanks. Good. Oh, no. We're going to be following that as it progresses. We'll see big things. <laughs> that. Well, thank you so much, Coach Tisa, for joining us. We appreciate all of the wisdom that you have shared with our listeners. I think this yeah. is, the, yeah, yeah, definitely us. <laughs> thank you us. so much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both a pleasure. I enjoyed this. Thank you. The pleasure thank was you. ours. Exactly. It was absolutely ours. Um, I would like to say that, you know, I think we've learned a lot today, and I think we've definitely determined that love is within love yes. is many things but this good love is black yes yes it is and let's just keep it that way if we can yeah. appreciate black love thanks for listening to the love is black podcast please help support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a review and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Love is Black Podcast. See you next week.